Hello, and welcome back to the Vandom Show. Um, we're here to talk about some things. There's nothing uh, new on the telly this week, so we're going to have a, a bit of a melding of the worlds, you might say. Have some classic discussion on some new things coming up, and of course, get into some Red Dead later on. But first, I guess we'll fucking start with the with the Multiverse of Madness trailer that everyone saw. It came out for uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, yeah. Did you guys get what you wanted for Super Bowl Sunday? Did your did your dreams come true? I know you. We played D&D, so yeah. Okay. It yeah. was an interesting session for sure. That was one of our best sessions. Yeah, it was really fun. But also, yeah, I got what I wanted out of the Super Bowl, which is to avoid it entirely yeah. and... Uh, Forget that it even happened. About <laughs> the team losing because you know we're all losers on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, see that's that's why I could never get into sports because there's always that like fifty fifty chance that your team loses, and like you know you go see a, a lineup of bands play, as long as everyone has a good night, then everybody wins. You know, there's no losers at the end of. Uh, of a gig, but there's always a loser at there, the end of the game. There are sometimes losers at the end of gigs. Yeah, <laughs> but it's what, but not what, always. Yeah, what I what I will say is, uh, fucking when people like okay, Rachel Bloom said it best is that when people when your sports team loses, I never really gave that much of a shit. Like the most I ever got invested into a sports team was like the 2013 Bulls, and. I they went to the playoffs and I did not care when they got they lost. Anyway, um the <laughs> what I'm getting at is that uh when the sports when your sports team loses, you 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 get sad and then you make it seem like you're sad about the sports. Right. But really you're sad about your dads. Yeah. And you couldn't talk to your dads. Yeah. Unless you were talking about sports analogies. <laughs> Men feel comforted from these empty generalities. So you're saying it's a place for people with no coping mechanisms to offload their um, their d- depression or whatever, like whatever yeah. the need ails to burn them. the city down. Right. Yeah. Right. If you, yeah, if it's you a safe place to be s- to be sad as a strong man. Is yeah. To blame it yeah. all on. There's also no other victories in your life, so you have to. Right hope that your sports team will defeat the other teams. Yeah. And then it's like, you won. Yay. Oh, shit. Do you want to grab another chair? This chair has not been a chair in weeks. <laughs> yeah. We have a, uh, a third uh, kitchen table chair, and it's slowly becoming one of those joke chairs that you sit in, and it falls apart, yeah. and everybody laughs at you. Until they realize you're not getting back up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, talking the Multiverse of Madness trailer here at the top, and I don't know thoughts. What do you? Do you uh, I I feel like this is the kind of. Um, the kind of movie that wants you to intellectualize it, mm-hmm. but I refuse to do that. <laughs> it's a Marvel movie. Um, I'm I'm gonna be there for the explosions and the weird, uh, you know, uh, magic shit going on. Yeah, 
we had like cool uh, Shiva the Destroyer, evil Doctor Strange there at the end of the trailer. That looks dope. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm into that shit. Uh, yeah. I guess in general, I'm I'm looking forward to making fun of Cumberbatch's American accent, which has gotten better. Yeah. But he still just seems like. I don't know. He seems like a a real doll that came to life. <laughs> I just haven't been able to ever bring myself to care about Doctor Strange. I don't know why. Yeah, the way Jenny uh, Nichols puts it is that like he's always just sort of like waving his arms around. He kind of looks like he's always doing Naruto. Yeah, symbols. <laughs> and so it's kind of hard to take that person seriously. Yeah, I'm way more interested in the things going around on around. Doctor Strange than I am Doctor Strange himself, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Wanda and yeah. I do, I do wonder, because I mean, a tra- a trailer can only give you so much, and sometimes it's everything good about a movie. You can't know until it's until it's out. But and I, you know, Spider Man managed to. P- pull it off, but this feels like it's taken an even bigger bite than than No Way Home was, and I, w- I wonder how cohesive, if that's even the right word for what this movie is trying to be, I wonder how well they're actually going to pull it off in this movie, and I wonder if Spider-Man doing so well was a result of it being Spider-Man and it being all the Spider-Man together, you know, like, Spider-Man's, like, way up there, like, number three box office of all time or some shit, and I want... I, I, it might be I, number one by, by yeah, now. Yeah, by the time this comes out, it might be might be number one, but I do wonder if, if that's a new streak for Marvel, or if that is basically their peak, you know, like, a, a Spider-Man movie with all the Spider-Man in it and, and the classic villains and stuff. I don't know if Doctor Strange has the um, has the mass appeal to match that or if it's really just a thing of Marvel's the only game in town anymore. It's number one. Nice. It's number one. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I think um, that's kind of why Doctor Strange was in Spider-Man, right? Not only as the catalyst for the plot, and that's just like an easy way to make that thing happen, but also to like, so people are associate. Yeah, because now he's right, a supporting actor in the biggest movie of all time. So I mean, you got to be able to recognize him at this point, right? Also, like, I don't know. It's just whiz biz. It's fine. It's gonna be fine. Like, it's it's probably not gonna be nearly as good as uh, Spider Man, but you know. I I also think Sam Raimi, this is the kind of thing he shines in. Mm-hmm. I hope it this goes full, like, Army of Darkness sort of vibe with it, you know, like, not taking itself too entirely seriously. But, uh, yeah, just go go, go into the, the horror elements, get into the, the weird, esoteric, supernatural shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, you Did you, um, and I don't think it's been confirmed yet. But I mean, it pretty much is. Did you catch the uh, the voice that sp- that spoke whenever he was before the? What I'm guessing is the Illuminati, the the uh, 
everyone's expecting, and I think it's true, the bald dude with the dish kind of accent. Kind of like Patrick Stewart. Oh. Um, yeah, he sounded familiar. I didn't, I didn't really catch which it. Of, co- of course, we all know from the Fox X-Men movies. And there's rumored that because of the the Ultron Sentry bots that we might be getting a a variant Tony Stark and people's and uh, people seem to think that it's what's his name Tom Cruise, but I don't <laughs> that hasn't funny. been been confirmed yet. Does Tom Cruise still act? Because I never hear his name anymore. Yeah, he's yeah, totally. It hasn't been that long since he had a, like. Mission Impossible movie, was it? Just yeah. a few years ago? Oh, yeah, uh, that is him. Yeah, he was also doing uh, Jack Reacher movies and shit like that. Yeah. Wasn't um, John Krasinski doing Jack yeah, Reacher? Yeah, him too. Yeah. But yeah, because um, now that they've blown... And the thing is, with the Fox stuff, they can use whoever they want whenever they want, since Disney has that now. But since they've blown that door open with bringing in Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Um, I imagine we'll start to see a lot more of those universes crossing over. Though I doubt, since it seems that it's a, an Illuminati thing, which is you know, basically the, the UN of the, of the Marvel Universe, um, I doubt they'll like just bring in the X-Men from the Fox universe, but it would make sense that Professor Xavier would be on that. But probably start seeing a lot more of of that in. But I hope that doesn't become uh, a crutch. You know, every single movie there's someone who hasn't acted in the role in twenty years being brought back for nostalgia points. They're just going to latch on to anything like that that sells. Uh, uh, yeah, there's no reason to expect any different. Oh, no, there's not any reason, no. Um, yeah, speaking of latching on to nostalgia and things that that sell, there's also the, um, the Chippendale Rescue Ranger reboot movie that... All right, are you guys ready to let the beast out of the cage? Yeah. Ready for unhinged Noel on this? Yeah. Holy fucking shit, does this look like a goddamn travesty upon humankind. Because here's, here's what it is. Not, not only are they, like, just taking advantage of the whole nostalgia thing, just mm-hmm. cashing in on that, that bullshit, like, yeah, you remember Chip and Dale. You're going to fucking buy a ticket to this movie. Th- they're going a step beyond that and have now, like, we've come full circle on people hating uh, on nostalgic reboots, mm-hmm. and now it seems like they've like subsumed that ideology inside. So it's this like Ouroboros of self criticism, and right. yeah, they've contained the the uh, resistance. You know, yeah, like there there is no party. There is only the party. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you want to talk about some 1984 shit, like just fucking. I um I can imagine like. Just my deepest torture would be to just be like placed in a room, Clockwork Orange style, and watch that fucking trailer over and over again. <laughs> it's like, hey, remember when CGI was bad? <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> You're old enough to remember that, right? <laughs> uh, John Mulaney's playing a chipmunk. You love it. You love it, pig. Slop it up. 
God. And they even like make the make the joke of whichever one was the was the tune shaded one, whichever one was like the standard CG one yeah. that he went through like s- surgery or whatever to yeah. get like the 3D look. But the tune shading is a much more like modern style cuz obviously he's not actually hand drawn. Yeah. You know, like he's obviously a a t- a tune shaded character, but just the yeah, just it's just kind of weird and and gross the way they just like lampshade the the criticism of of yeah. like the nostalgia bait and right ruining old characters by making them hyper realistic and stuff like it doesn't fix the f- fix the fact that you made these like old characters look like weird anthropomorphic shit just because you acknowledge that you yeah. did that and made a joke about it just just because you are self aware of being an asshole. Right. Self-awareness absolves no one of uh, anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just... It's just... It's masturbation, you know? Yeah. God, I can't... Fucking... Seth Rogen playing Peter Dinklage's character, basically, in... Uh, which one was that? Infinity War or Endgame? Uh, I think both? But I think definitely Endgame. Yeah, the... Yeah. The, the dwarf... No, Infinity War. Because yeah. he gets the fucking axe from him, yeah. 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 Uh, what was it? Oathbreaker or whatever? Nah, it's, that's probably not it. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, yeah, and just like being like, hey, remember when that? Like, it's just, it's just so many layers deep of just like references and fucking, like, there's no. It's like, it's like looking at a fucking panop- panopticon mm-hmm. that's like trying to convince you that it's a living thing. And it's just like a, fu- it's like a beholder. Just like a living eye that's like staring back at you and trying to like reflect your own image, <laughs> it's fucking it's it makes me like physically in pain to think about. It's <laughs> oh my god! I just I I don't know. Maybe I'm cynical or I've just gotten to like older, but like to the point where like somebody is just like making a thing. That's supposed to remind me of a thing. Yeah. Pisses me off. Right. Because it's like, I, I rem- yeah, the thing still exists. You, you, don't, you don't earn anything by, like, saying, hey, re- hey, remember this shit? Right. Unless you, like, have some real insight into it, or you're not, like, just making the same thing again and cashing in on the fact that it existed. Right. It has something new to say for the modern audience besides just remember this thing. Yeah. Fucking and like Rescue Rangers was that originally, right? It was like a, it was a fucking fun show about a couple of chipmunks. Well, yeah, cuz it's it was just um a like a modernized take on Chip and Dale from the old like uh Donald Duck cartoons. Yeah. You know, but just doing that the same but kind of live action and would just poke and nod towards nostalgia isn't worth I mean I'm sure it is for their uh for their pockets but as far as like art and cinema goes it's not a thing that needs to be to be done but what do you think is I don't know I feel like I'd watch it 
That's the I, thing too. Is that like I hate yeah. it so much, but I'm probably still going to see it. Yeah, it's thing. I think it would be entertaining enough to watch, but that like, I th- I think that there is um there is a potential like a movie you could make with those characters in that world that could be f- could be fun and all of all that. Whether this is that or not, like whether this is like uh Rocky and Bullwinkle or Alvin and the Chipmunks, you know, I don't I don't know. Um but just its existence is it's a blight. Know. It's a um it's a parasite. Yeah. Uh speaking of of parasites, have you guys heard about um anything you can read about this? Uh Disney story living? No. Is that like a meta thing? Okay. So, we talked a while God, the back. The future is going to suck so much. Yeah, the much. future is awful. Um, so, a while back on the pod, and I think it was probably summer 2020, one of the earlier um, audio shows that we did, uh, we talked, we did a deep dive on Disney's Epcot, and the original intention for that is uh, sort of suburbia built into into Disney World. Well, and then Walt died and that kind of dream went away and Epcot became what it became. Well, now it seems that Disney is finally moving forward with uh, that kind of plan. Uh, from the LA Times, Walt Disney Company is extending its brand into real estate, announcing plans Wednesday to develop residential story-living communities around the country where fans will be able to live, make friends, and soak in the magic of Disney in their everyday lives. The first of these developments, dubbed Cotino, will be built in Riverside County's Rancho Mirage, near near where founder Walt Disney once owned a home. Oh, so this is how the apocalypse is going to happen. Yeah. What does story-living home mean? So... it's WeWork for fucking uh, Disney fans. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Do you know about the WeWork no. thing? Okay, basically it's just, just this insane guy was like, hey, what if your job was your whole life? Like, <laughs> what if you ate at your workplace? What if you, like, slept there? What if, like, all everything was subsumed by your, your workplace? And then he it was basically a real estate scam, and it got tremendously overvalued and then everybody realized that guy was insane and then they gave him a billion dollars to fuck off. That sounds like a cult. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, uh much. it's Steve Jobs shit. Yeah, it sounds more like uh, like basically Disney brand gentrifying. Disney theme park imagineers will help develop the communities and explore the <laughs> quote richness of each local region to inspire the theme of story living by Disney communities says Michael Hungen, executive producer of the company's theme park research and development arm. So, I don't know, like, part of me hates it, but then part of me is like, well, cool, that's where we can offload all of the psycho Disney adults and just get them out of society. Oh, yeah. But then that same part of me has a voice in its head that's like, hey, dumbass, they're still on the same social media as you. Like they're not uh, go. They're not going yeah, anywhere. Yeah, shit. No, the they're just not. gonna have more Disney to post. Right. Well, okay. No. Here's what we need to do. They need to have their own servers, their own. No, they should have their own. No, they should live. 
austerely within whatever universe that they are supposed to be in. Like, if yeah. they're in the Beauty and the Beast universe, there ain't no fucking internet. Right. Right? Right. Say goodbye to a fucking, I don't know, laundry machine. <laughs> except, except for uh, just Disney Plus. Just, yeah. Just yeah. No, no internet, but all you have is access to Disney Plus. You, you have better a, make you have your, your premium plus <laughs> fucking story living payment each month or you're fucking homeless. You have an Elon Musk Neuralink that's just feeding you just a com- like a, a roll of Disney Plus at all times. Speaking of that, like, you know, he's been testing the Neuralink on monkeys and over half of them have died. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, yeah, we're, we're good for human. Tra- he can't. We're good for human trials, but I can't even do it on animals. <laughs> Why does anyone hear any of these fucking stupid-ass tech billionaires talk and not think, wow, <laughs> this is the dumbest person I've ever seen? Yeah. Just getting money, just I, I, it feels like having enough money to be apart from people makes you stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. at, at some point, if you're removed from the rest of society... You, there's nobody around to be like, hey, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Iron sharpens stupidity. Well, you know, yeah. Elon Musk lives in like a tiny home in his friend's backyard, so he's literally just in that tiny home. Unless he's doing what? Like, weird press shit. Yeah, he doesn't own a house. He lives in a tiny home in his friend's yard. He has no actual money. All of that his stuff is like in the bonds and like crypto. He okay. That that doesn't mean that he doesn't have money. It just means that like most of his capital is tied up inside of the businesses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a person like that. Yeah, maybe they don't have a ton of liquid cash, but they have a tremendous amount of buying power. Right. And that's what really matters, honestly, because money is fake. So it's just like, if you can convince enough people that you have stuff, then you have it. God. It's just. Why do we... Who's... uh, I'm not one of these, like... Like, on some level, I think that some body modification through technology is a great thing. Like, if you have the opportunity to, like, make yourself no longer paralyzed from the waist down, or if you can, you know, just, like, write your form, like, like do away with some of the frailty of, of the human condition, that's fine. But, like... There's no chance that any of the people that are, like, empowered enough to actually do that shit are going to do anything other than just, like, take advantage of it and make it slapdash. It's like any new technology. It's, like, anything new nowadays. It's fucking... It's apps that don't fucking work. It's fucking yeah. faulty business premises. It's it's just seeking an, an evaluation on the market that is just going to, like, personally enrich them. And then they get out of the fucking game before everybody realizes how fucking... It's a snake oil thing. It's just right. you just move on before the town fucking kills you. Tra- transhumanism as a quote-unquote like evolutionary step or whatever is the dumbest fucking dead-end, dead-brain idea I can I, I can think of. As like, as I, you say, as like yeah. a corrective like surgical thing or yeah. whatever. Like, it's awesome that we have even the ability to give people who couldn't walk the ability to, to walk anymore, actually have, like, functional arms or whatever. But thinking that, like, a chip or a Neuralink in, your, in the brain is the future of yeah. humanity and how we're going to advance to the next stage is, <laughs> is just uh. s- s- fucking hyper-cyber new-age bullshit, and I hate it. He, um, 
he says he's gonna what is it like you know help paralyzed people help um people who have issues talking cure autism and like there were so many more but he said Fuck it's gonna you. cure autism <laughs> and i was looking at it on tumblr i don't think autism needs to be cured no you know what i mean and i was lo- yeah right but like we just need to find a way to organize society that people can be autistic and right. just be fine. What were we saying? Just grab another chair. I'm just getting it out of the way. Okay. Um, I was on Tumblr and someone posted that link and was like, uh, he wants to cure autism. Give me a gun and au- autism will cure him. <laughs> Minecraft. Uh, yeah. Not a sponsor. Right on. God. But yeah, this whole Disney fucking uh, Westworld. Yeah. It's not going to work out. Oh, no. No, of course not. I, I do shudder to imagine the uh, the Disney riots that will happen or this the militias that will form from the, like, Incredibles town that's trying to, like, usurp the rest of society. You know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Just the the <laughs> the Randian drama playing out in the thirty five year old man who fucking has been collecting uh, frozen figurines for the past ten years. Uh, so, uh, moving on from that. So of course there's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's nothing to say. There's no fucking transition. Right. The the world is ending, Uh, and and Disney's buying up the scrap. Um, But you know, there's there's that uh, Halo show coming out on on Paramount, and it's not even out yet. And they've already announced uh, that they're making a second season for it. And the new (laughs) Spider no, not Spider Man, a Sonic movie. They've already announced Sonic Three and Knuckles. Like they've already in like and how, like, I mean I guess this first Sonic movie did did okay. They probably see like the interest in the second one bringing in tails and knuckles. And like okay we can, but how can you be so sure? You know like that just seems like it. It, it seems to me that that is like poking at the bubble. You know what I mean? To be like yeah, this show hasn't even come out yet. We have we haven't seen how it a- an audience actually reacts to it, but fuck it, we're gonna order a second season and go ahead and pay for that. That My seems like that it's a, sh- a shareholders thing, oh, or it's a way to justify budgets. Yeah, because if you're like, I can, I need this amount of money for these movies, right? Yeah, that makes sense. My theory is they like signed a contract and then decided not. To <laughs> it's so it's not even a real theory, but they um, got a contract with someone and ended up not needing to use it for the second movie, but they still had to do something. We'll see. But they still had to do something with it, so they're like, "Okay, third movie." I'd yeah, I, probably. I I mean, I'm sure it's just some dumb fucking shareholder thing, you know. It's just like to appease some money man, you know. Otherwise, there's no. I mean, there's no reason to do it otherwise than that. But like, <laughs> I think. Mean, I don't know. Cause you remember back before Solo came out six months after The Last Jedi. Like, the Boba Fett show and the Kenobi show were both originally going to be movies. Like, part of that whole uh, 
Star Wars story like spinoff movies, and then they put out Solo too soon after the Last Jedi, and they just kind of pulled out of of doing uh, spinoff Star Wars movies because they didn't do as well as they had hoped because they oversaturated the the market, and I can see something like that, like that happening, like being too confident in the in the property and thinking that. Well, it's Halo. Of course, it's going to be, and it might be, might be good. It might be worth it. But I think a lot of times, like you see with, with the book of Boba Fett, that like the general reaction to it is, uh, why? Like the general reaction I see to the book of Boba Fett is, why? Why did it? Why wasn't it just the book of Boba Fett? Why they, you know, divert away from that? And I think it's because they figured Boba Fett is such a safe property that they can put whatever they want to, like as far as like it's his name recognition and fan recognition, that they can put whatever they want to in it and have a like two and a half episode divergence that's basically the Mandalorian and people are still going to to buy in, but that doesn't actually seem to be the be the case with it. And I think it's probably the same thing with with Halo, and it may be a good show, but I think they're more confident in the fact of the brand recognition of Halo will will carry, and the same thing with right. Sonic. There's also been enough. There's enough in the, like the Halo universe that you could you could reasonably like have written multiple seasons coming into it. Right. You know, with Boba Fett, they were just like, I mean, and there's there's books and there's there's comics and stuff that characterize you know the character, but it seems like there wasn't anything in place with the character as we, you know, came right. to know him through the series. So it's like new territory, not necessarily. It is weird that they just decided they were just like, oh, well, we're going to put that to bed for a second. And maybe it was like shooting. Uh, I don't know. Because, like, it seems like they could have had just the entire season be just Boba Fett and not have that that two-and-a-half episode diversion you're talking yeah. about. I don't know. Strange. It's weird. It feels like Disney can just, like, try a bunch of different shit and then just whatever sticks to the wall they can just go with. Right. And, you know. God. Yeah, I think that's that's the difference. Like, if whoever makes the fucking Sonic movies, like, I can't remember right now, but if it may be paramount, but if th- that doesn't do well, then that's a major, major hit on them. If di- if a Star Wars show or movie doesn't do well, then that's fine. Disney still has Marvel and Pixar and can make back up and be able to recover with the next thing that they do with Star Wars or Marvel that didn't yeah go they as well. They can just shovel a few more Ewok corpses into the fucking right. steam engine and it'll... Power it for years to come. Yep, that'll keep on chugging. <laughs> yeah. Capitalism breeds innovation. <laughs> uh. So yeah, there's your your news for the for the week catching up on on all the things 
going on in the wide world of sports. Oh, yeah. Before we move on from the Halo thing, have you seen that there's already like controversy over the design of Cortana? Uh-uh. Oh, my God. Yeah, people are being dumb about it. I mean, it's just that she just looks different. It's just that she has is not the exact same appearance. But she doesn't look that different. Yeah, I mean, she's still like a blue lady. I mean, who cares? Like, I think that, like, that's one of those people that, like, nerd culture or one of those characters that nerd culture is, like, really obsessed with being, like, super hot in a very specific way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whenever I looked up the character, because I had no idea what she what she looked like, um, whenever I looked at images, I so much fan art that was so not what the character looked like in the game. Yeah. Um. She is generally, like, portrayed as very curvy and stuff. It's just that, like, she's a, f- she's a fucking AI. She's, like, a holographic image. Right. And it, it, it's weird because, like, the central tension with her character is supposed to be that um, she's, like, developing a kind of sentience and, like, she is, like, damaged in some of the games. And I, I've watched Red vs. Blue. I know the, I know yeah, the story yeah. with AI. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, she's it's like a less interesting version <laughs> yeah. of that arc. Yeah, 10 10 years ago, I would uh, almost bet on there being cuz there was in pretty much every Halo game up until like 5 maybe can from onward, but I would expect some RT cameos in the in the Halo show. But I don't know if I'd see if I'd see them doing that that now. But that'd be the number one reason that I I watch it. Cause yeah, I've already seen this story better. Well, I mean, I don't think we're gonna get like a full on. I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll try to like center it around their interactions and stuff. But I think the story they're probably gonna try to tell is like the actual like. The, the Covenant Wars and then mm-hmm. what happens with the actual Halos. But I don't know. I don't know if there's already enough. No, I guess not. I guess only people who, like... Because most of those games were popular for the multiplayer. Right. Like, even a lot of people who played those games didn't really give a shit or know what the story was. I mean, as long as there's enough of a story to tell, I don't think that really... yeah really matters like obviously people don't play the last of us for the multiplayer or or whatever and play that for the story but it's still getting uh a show yeah i just meant that like uh they they could end up doing the story of the games yeah that's what yeah yeah. that's what i mean is if there's enough story there to tell i think whether or not, I think people, more people knowing it may be in their favor if they do it well, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, me neither. But, yeah, so, like I said, I think that covers everything. So, um, moving on to, to the Red Dead, um, I guess we'll start off with, uh, we left off last week and Charles had asked Arthur to to go up to the Wapiti village and 
talked to to Rainsfall uh, about about eagle flies and what Dutch was getting him into. And so that's where we where we start off now is Arthur meeting meeting eagle oh not eagle flies rainfall for the first time and going with him to um to check on the what was it what was it called the fucking podium um oh I can't remember the the uh, the thing that Chinupa. was oh yeah the Chinupa that was yeah. stolen by the uh, army yeah yeah how d- how does it that mission work out for you because I always end up like having to fight through it like it's, it's you're sh- apparently you can sneak through you there you can um what I did was I I went in and I killed everybody and then I found the Chinupa. Because, you know, you go in, and it's like, it's right here. Then you get there, and it's like red dots, and doesn't show you where the thing is. So you're like, where the fuck is it? Trying to sneak around camp without getting spotted, trying to find the thing. So, killed everybody. Like, okay, it's right there. Remember that it's right here. And then I threw a dynamite and blew myself up and did it again, and just went in and grabbed it. Oh, <laughs> I just followed a wiki guide and was like, this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they deserved it. Yeah. Doesn't he like express remorse or regret if you kill someone? He he yeah. does. I don't think it has any impact though. Like I don't think that there's like an extra mission or anything or anything that happens that like cuz I the you know obviously you don't want to bring more heat back on on Rainsfall and so and on the Wapiti. So that's why you want to get in there and and not cause more bloodshed, but I don't think that any like there's any real in-game consequence other than the the negative o- honor that you get for slaughtering everybody. That kind of yeah reflects on the actual conflict that's based off of because like any honor that like a Native Americans tried to preserve was inevitably wasted. Right. Because <laughs> it didn't matter how virtuous they were, you know. Not even that they necessarily had to hold the same kind of like moral or societal uh, virtues that we you know that you know Americans held to have you know the right to their own culture and society right but if they d- if they do anything to break those norms even as a matter of like self-assertion and defense or whatever then that's justification right to to unleash hell on them but if they do if they don't, well, then that's it's their fault for not defending defending themselves. themselves. Yeah. yeah. So, <coughs> literally, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Yeah. Um. God. Yeah, there's some great, great conversation uh, between them in the in the tent when they first meet and. And they're talking about uh, about eagle flies and whether or not it's um, it's worth dying for a a dead cause, basically. And 
uh, Eagle or Rainfall says, I saw death being handed out so freely by the most foolish of men, I could never find glory in it. And and Arthur agrees. And I think Rainsfall shows Arthur a model of living that is incomprehensible to the American mind without experiencing it. You know, it's a yeah. thing that D- Dutch is looking for and that and that Arthur is and ev- they're all looking for but it's so foreign to the to the the that need for uh for material accumulation yeah even of just like the basic comforts of material accumulation not being able to trust the the land and everything to to sustain you not even like great wealth but just comforts you know yeah it's it's also somewhat free of that um like dominance play that's going off yeah between those those forces cuz rainsfall is you know uh through through his own personal enlightenment sort of like superseded the the need to be within that conflict because you know he sees the writing on the wall that it's not a winnable war so you can either just like you know kill yourself in the fighting or you can you know move on and try to like live a life that you know, is in the synthesis of, of those those two immovable, like, concepts. Just, like... But that being said, I completely sympathize and understand where uh, Eagle Flies is coming from. Oh, for sure. Like, I, I think that... Honestly, it, it may just come down to a personal choice, like, what matters to you more and, like, what feels more uh, honest and like more a legitimate way to live because you know even even accepting that it is you know a losing battle you if you're going to decide to fight it there's there's some there's some I don't know it almost feels like a relief in him having like fought the good fight and died doing it even though it was uh ultimately pointless just because it was worth doing well it's only like even if it's almost entirely predetermined either way it's only absolute if you if you don't try you know if you just if you just say that it's it's uh it's a dead end and uh and a hopeless hopeless cause but and so, like for eagle flies, just the that's unacceptable. Saying you know, yeah. like the only real defeat would be to accept defeat, right? So they're <laughs> they're out looking for the chinupa, and Arthur's talking about his son, and it just every time he's just in the middle of just talking and fucking range fall is like oh, i'm sorry about your trauma arthur but i gotta go over here and pick this ginseng i need to focus yep. <laughs> <laughs> i gotta get my head right sorry about your dead kid <laughs> and and then we get a, upon the the camp and the 
just the absolute savagery of of settlers and i don't i don't know how anyone can like look at at that at just the not only the like the the destruction but just the disrespect and dishonor that the army shows like sacred wapiti like sites and everything and come to the conclusion that some fucking horse thieves are the greater evil in this scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Like the gang's not good, don't get me wrong. I'm not like I'm a fucking communist. Of course I have. There's a lot that I disagree with with Dutch on. But he's they're not the the greater threat to society in in this in, in this world or you know there are parallels in ours but it's it's a more abstracted violence that no one has to carry the the blame for you know you can you can put it off to just well the they broke the treaties or the treaties expired or we needed the land for for oil or yeah. whatever, like yeah. there's always some excuse. There's always some excuse, and there's always some some way to yeah. abstract it away from actual human agency. Right. And we talked about last week of you kill, I kill; you rob, I rob. The only difference I can see is I choose who I kill and rob, and you destroy everyone in your path. Yeah. Or Dutch was talking to Cornwall, and because yeah. Cornwall doesn't doesn't do the killing and robbing, it happens naturally through the system or abs- abstracted through methods of exploitation and, and coercion. But the impact of it is a far greater scope than someone like Dutch who engages on a human-to-human level and not on a level of systems uh, could even possibly fathom. But yeah. Yeah, when it's institutional power, you can just like say, "Oh, that's just that's just the way it is," mm-hmm. and there's no there's nobody that's to blame. Right. It's just oh, it's just how things are. Which yeah draws back into that that conflict between those two points of eagle flies and rainsfall, and uh, their names also kind of uh, speak to their their placement in that, that dialectic because rain's fall is like, it's an, an accepted inevitability that the rain is going to, to right. fall and it's not always going to be, you know, pleasant or helpful to your, uh, your needs, but you can't do anything to assuage it. And then Eagle flies is like, it's a living creature that's working against the forces of, of gravity and like physics to, to ascend. Right. Uh, and they're and they're talking about about Dutch and and eagle flies. Um, Rainsfall tells Arthur that it took him a long time to accept that we only people don't really change. We only become more of who we really are. And do, do you agree with with that? Because I think I tend to. I think I tend to like. I think that people people are who they are. The circumstances around them are what determines whether or not those traits get per- get uh, portrayed or 
manifest in positive or negative directions? I think you can... I think in general that's true, but I think there are ways you can deviate from that because people people change, you know. Right. Like, but that that change always comes through like a process of like trauma or learning, and those can just be. You could say that that's just different paths to finding out who. It's like a temporal thing, right? Because right. like how a person ends up, you know, could be from one of many different reasons, you know. It's it's also not you could you could uh, it's like a confirmation bias thing. You could at the end of your life be like, oh, I was always destined to be this way. Right. But who knows what, like counterfactuals would have changed the way you ended up. Yeah, I don't know. I I'd say that in in general, like, I think that if people aren't, if they if they haven't learned and they haven't been forced to change through trauma, then if they're empowered throughout the course of their life then they inevitably will just become more of what they always were well even even with that though like is this has the substance changed or is like is it just being filtered through something different you know what i mean like i don't know if like the substance of like a person or like a self is ever material i feel like it's always just like a series of reactions to your surroundings. Right. Right? It's kind of like a, it's an illusion. It's a narrative that we tell ourselves so that, like, our lifetime makes sense when yeah. we reflect upon it. I don't think that any individual person is, like, a static, like, being that can be separated from the rest of existence and seen as, like, individual material. Because, uh, you know, everything that we experience is contingent on all of our other experiences and... Yeah, I don't think there's ever one picture you can take of a human and, and be like, that's them. That's right. that's the thing they are. Dan. I mean, that's fine if you disagree, but come stay in the microphone. Just shouting into the void. Sorry, our dog has some very, very uh, strong opinions <laughs> about self. Just asserting his his will. Do you have something to say, Dandelion? No, not anymore. No. Where are you? He got, oh, it, there he is. Yeah, he got it out of his system. Hey, big guy. So, yeah, all that complicated shit. And then uh, Arthur got a, a letter from from Penelope Penelope Braithwaite to help her escape from her psycho family. So he heads down to Braithwaite Manor to 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 meet her. And not I I love that character so much. She's one of my favorite uh, NPCs. In like Stranger Mission NPCs in the in the game, because I don't know, like being an idealistic feminist in in eighteen ninety nine from 
from a southern family. She reminds me of you, Goose. Like, thank you. Oh yeah, totally. Just. Th- my family does remind me, or they do remind me of my family. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Is it okay if I mention the problem? <laughs> yes. You yeah. Go ahead. Fucking her. Serena's grandparents recently referred to her as the Serena problem. <laughs> you know, she's got all these these high-minded ideas about, uh, you know, the, the people s- deserving rights. Yeah, the subjugate races and the yeah. Yeah. ideas above her station. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. God. They're like, well, she just doesn't have the same temperament as we do. We just don't. We want to be in her life. We want her to be in our lives. But we just don't know how to deal with her and talk to her and have her be on our level. I was like, Grandma, you're homophobic and racist. (laughs) (laughs) You told a six-year-old to get out of your house because you found out she was biracial. Wow. (laughs) Ever since her cotillion, that young Serena's been... Uh, after a place higher than her station as a woman. <laughs> the type to keep her own brother as a slave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know why Ty moved back down to Georgia, right? He was looking for a soul to steal. He yeah. was, in fact. He was in a bind. He was way behind. He didn't want to work for my grandfather's construction company, so he got kicked out. Oh. Right on, right on. Yeah, he oh was yeah. like, either you work for me or you don't live in this state. All right. Or you're homeless. Cool, cool. So that's good there stuff. There you go. Love <laughs> that. So, in case you were wondering, and I, I think I just ran across uh, somebody in the swamp somewhere or something, uh, but that had said something about this. But apparently, it's November now, which makes sense. Like the we start off in May is the beginning of the of the game Hosea mentions that that it's that it's May when they're up in the in the mountains but it's only it's been 4 months then yeah <laughs> that's a long 4 months fuck pretty sure it's been longer than 4 months in my game thus far oh for sure maybe not though now that I think about it yeah. It's like 120 days, somewhere around there. I yeah. don't know if I've slept that many times. Yeah, I don't eat or sleep, so Arthur is not doing well. My horse is in <laughs> primo condition, though. You really, you have to sleep now. Because you can only eat like one time a day and it do anything, and then you know that now. Yeah, it's, he has the TB. it's an issue. <laughs> yeah. But you knew I went, like, the first couple of weeks, I was just like, yeah, I don't have to feed this character. <laughs> Arthur's just emaciated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, well, I mean, I showed you a picture, and I was like, why does he have liver spots everywhere? And you were like, do you feed him? <laughs> God. I don't even feed myself. <laughs> Man, I saw somebody did a... Uh, <laughs> they altered uh, Dutch and Arthur's appearance to make them really fat. Yeah. Very funny. Chonky. Chonky boys. Uh, but after th- after that, um, Arthur goes to uh, right outside of Van Horn to to help Micah and and Bill uh, gotta stop a a stagecoach. 
and Arthur should have trusted his instinct and killed Micah right then and there. Yeah. Arthur should have killed Micah long before this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But he, he, his instinct was right. Like, wherever you show up, there are Pinkertons and vice versa. Yeah. It's like, you're calling, calling me a rat, like, and trouble follows you everywhere you fucking go. It just so happens we were, like, in the clear whenever Micah was in jail. Like, didn't have issues with Pinkerton showing up, and then he's out, and suddenly. Yeah. At least that's the way it went in my game. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. timeline-wise, yeah. Yeah, Bill is, because Bill's dumb. Yeah. Like, he's he's easily convinced. I more and more feel feel bad for Bill. Like Yeah. Ha- Javier is is a snake and I don't really trust him to begin with, but I feel like Bill is just stupid and it's not his fault that he's stupid. I mean, and, and Dutch is gullible. like a narcissist and Bill's like a level eh, not lovable, but he's a loyal th- idiot. I think you can Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a loyal I- yeah. loyal idiot. Yeah. I think you can say he's likable too, at least in this one. Yeah. And like didn't Dutch save him? Or, like, I, he, the way he tells the story is, like, Dutch rescued him, so he has, like, some... He looks like he has puppy love D- for Dutch. D- yeah. Dutch rescued pretty much everybody yeah. in the gang. You know, and that gets... Okay, and I go into this in depth in the um, in the essay on the YouTube channel. But that gets into, like, Dutch's core character. That same, like, part of his personality that rescued everybody in the gang and... Uh, and save Sadie Adler at the beginning of the of the game is the same part of his personality that killed Heidi McCourt because it's his it's his god complex and his need to control the situation. But there are positive and negative manifestations of that of that characteristic. So even if even if Dutch is who he is and can't change it, there are different ways that that can show itself in positive and negative. And, like, and that gets us into the, you know, the next thing is Arthur goes with uh, John to to uh, to blow up the train tracks. And and John asks Arthur, well, what about, what about loyalty? Be loyal to what matters. Do you know loyalty was all that ever mattered to me? It's all I believed in. You know, like, that... That is the core of Arthur's personality, but the question isn't loyalty or not for Arthur. It's where to put that and what is worth, you know, killing dying himself over. Yeah, dying for and killing for, and actually believing in. And you know, it's time for us to decide exactly who or what we should be loyal to. But it's the same, the same innate drive exists in Arthur. Either way, but how that manifests is is the question. Yep. And you know, we don't talk enough. We talk a lot about like John and Arthur's relationship, but how brilliantly this game handles the trade-off as the player character between John and Arthur and John, especially if, like, you came into it as a fan of the original game. And so there's that initial disappointment that you're not John. And then 
you're kind of conditioned to think John is a piece of shit because you have to, yeah. you know, to like invest in Arthur, you have to kind of like put John aside and then slowly through really since you get Jack back mm-hmm. is the first time you kind of see them on equal footing and how they end up being like the only functional members of the gang that um that are on the same same page because like of course uh uncle and trelawney and swanson all have arthur's back but they're not muscle yeah you know they also have yeah like personal issues right whether or not it's a lumbago or a, a morphine addiction or whatever it is swanson's into opium uh and booze i mean most clearly booze but yeah I think it is opioids. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 That's that's yeah, what he's addicted to, but I don't know if we are do we see him fucked up on that or um is he just drinking for like relief from I think he says he slipped up at one point, but I don't know if we ever see it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that it's I think it would be <sighs> No, that first when you go save him, he's he's drunk, I think. So yeah, yeah. I don't think you ever see him fucked up on 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 opioids. Um he says that he is free from Morpheus's embrace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Trelawney. I don't know what his deal is. I don't think he knows what his deal is. <laughs> yeah. He he's living what he believes to be his best life and sure. Yeah. No, I Trelawney's an op- an opportunist, yeah, but not in a in a negative sense. Just he has his like his finger to the ground and knows where the where the wind blows, like both in the in the sense of the kind of like work that he can get, and also to know okay, it's time to get the fuck out of here. This is a yeah things falling apart. The story of Dutch finding him in the um, outhouse yeah. is like one of my favorites, though. I like Arthur's theory about that. that there's just a hundred Trelawneys. Yeah, <laughs> was that Arthur's? I thing? think so. Yeah. Yeah. God help us. <laughs> Wait, what is it? Uh, I can I think it was Arthur that says it, but in that same conversation, he's just like, maybe we don't keep running into the same Trelawney. Maybe there's just a hundred different Trelawneys and we just run into a different one every time. And he, yeah. <laughs> Man, what if Trelawney was just like, had a ton of clones and just like never said anything? <laughs> he was secretly of the future. God. Well, he'll be, I think he's leaving camp soon because again, the guy knows where the wind blows. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so they blow up the the train. I always get a chuckle out of the double take with the with the cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they're uh, about, they're just talking. And they're about to light a cigarette, and they look back, and they see the fucking two crates of TNT right behind them. They're like, well, maybe not. <laughs> Toss them away. Uh. Yeah, and setting up for the end game with with John, and Ar- Arthur tells John to take his wife and child and to leave and not look, not look back. And 
you know, we'll get into this when we get into the uh, to the epilogue. But how much could have been avoided, namely the events of the first game, if John had actually not looked back and not not tried to to get revenge for what is going to to happen in a couple of weeks from now. But, you know, it's already predetermined because the story's already been told. But you still think you can change it in your head because it's a video game, you know? Yeah. That's what that's what is great about this medium is that, that feeling of agency that uh, even if you know that the story has to go, and it's always an illusion. Like, it's right. an illusion in our own lives. But, like, just the, the idea that Things could change if if you if you did the right things that you know that the future's unwritten. And so yeah, now we're we're finally around to uh, to stealing the medicine with uh, Doctor Man or not Doctor with uh, Captain. I don't know why I said Doctor. Uh, Captain Monroe. And you know, it's just more of that um, systemic violence you were talking about at the beginning. You know, we're just trying to make the best of things. Well, this is the best of things. Children, dying of diseases. You know, and I think that this is where, because Arthur isn't is an angry man. You know, he's the he's the enforcer of of the game. And to be that, he has to be able to to project that kind of rage and anger. I think for the first time, we're seeing like righteous anger from from Arthur. You know, um, Monroe Monroe says that. Uh, what what does he he says like uh, we we should. We should approach with with due caution or, or diligence. Basically, like we should ke- we should keep our calm and and not uh, and not make any dumb moves here. And Arthur's just like, oh, we shall, we surely shall, <laughs> and we shall make the dumbest of moves. <laughs> I didn't want to fight though, so I did actually. I s- I snuck up there and didn't fuck with anyone. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to just because I didn't. Just. I don't know. I get so deep into into this character, especially in like missions like this that I'm like Arthur wouldn't want to to make things any more complicated for the for the captain or for the Wapiti. He absolutely has to, so he would he would find a way to get to get it out without without hurting anybody. Uh Oh, actually no. That one, okay, yeah, because the the Chanupa I got in and out. I I followed those. I couldn't figure out how to fucking get in there and get the medicine out without them noticing me. So what I did was I just like fo- followed them on horseback, jumped off, and then just snuck up to the wagon and then jumped in. And they're just shooting at me while I'm just like raiding the. Oh my god! And then I just got off and. And ran, <laughs> ran off. I was able to jump, like, stay far back enough and then 
like before they noticed me, jump off my horse and crouch. Mm-hmm. Like it took me several tries of reloading to be like, okay, just crouch fast enough, Arthur. Yeah. And then got on and got off. <laughs> the like the combination of like the physics engine, the like uh the getting shot animations right. and the um like the the like activity animations r- really like can make some scenes fucking hilarious. So if, if you go to like loot something or like open a box or something like the animation will play out and like you'll still be like getting shot yeah and so just like adding to that the fact that you can just like eat bullets for a while right it's just really <laughs> funny because you just like seem irritated but you're still going <laughs> through the fucking motions of doing whatever you're doing and just fucking bullets are just flying into your ribcage he has tuberculosis he doesn't care anymore right <laughs> uh so yeah that's where where we leave off is got the medicine back to um, to Captain Monroe for the for the Wapiti children, and uh, and then just a lot of lot of hunting. Finally got my three rabbits. Trying, I don't know why. Like, I have no problem. Finding bears, like up in the the mountains or whatever. But now that I need fucking my fucking three bears for that um for that master hunter achievement or whatever. None. I yeah none. Actually two because there's that one in the cabin. So like okay that's an easy easy kill. And then I feel awful. But I was across the way, and I thought it was a grizzly, but I accidentally clipped a black bear. Oh damn! Yeah, I hate killing black bears because they don't they yeah. don't do shit. They just like they run off as soon as you like just approach them. I I wonder why why do black bears have a different temperament than than brown bears? I I don't think that they're like they're smaller. They're, they're smaller, and they're not as predatory. Yeah. Like I think that they l- tend to lean towards like foraging and foraging and berries and stuff like that whereas that's like secondary to grizzlies where grizzlies are m- mainly predatory. So that's just inherent in their in their nature that they're more more aggressive. Um Apparently polar bears are starting to actually hunt people. About time. Yeah. 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 Anything they can get their hands on. Yeah. Hey, it's another uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. <laughs> oh, honestly, yeah. Are you looking up why? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we'll end on that. Bit of a little bit of bear trivia for you. Yeah. I wish you start a bear cast. Yes. Just, just a just a podcast about bears. What do you call a group of bears? Is it a pod? Because then we could just it could just be the podcast. <laughs> I I'll look that one up, Goose, while you're that's <laughs> whales, isn't it? Yeah, whales are pods. Mm. Which I could definitely do a podcast. Yeah. The podcast parentheses it's about whales close parentheses. Yeah, I could get into that. Whales are so fucking interesting. A sleuth or a sloth. Is a it what? A group of bears is called a sleuth. A sleuth of bears. A sleuth of bears. Yeah. 
Huh. I was just imagining like a, a bear in like fifties detective gear, you know, the trench coat and mm-hmm. the the fedora or the trilby or whatever it is. Oh bears. Yeah, so while Goose is uh is looking that up and just do some housekeeping. Uh, we probably got a few more weeks, I would say, of of Red Dead coverage, and um, and there's really nothing coming out that I'm I can think of that we would typically cover. I think once um, uh, Peacemaker is done, we might do a full season catch back on. We could talk about that. On that, because I haven't watched any of it. Me neither. Yet, but um, but yeah, after after Red Dead, after we're done with the main story of Red Dead, I think we'll take a f- few weeks off in this season of fandom, take a little break before we get into the epilogue, and then uh, come back and cover the epilogue, and by then, uh, Moon Knight should be out, and we'll see if that's worth doing an every week coverage or waiting and uh just making fun of it all at once. Making yeah, making fun of it all at once basically, yeah. But I'm not sure how we'll do it because with us not doing it at Aaron's I really can't go live. But and we won't do the full show video, but we might end up doing uh the top top half of the hour or whatever on on video for the for the YouTubers and stuff when we come back. And after we finish um, the epilogue of Red Dead 2, then I'd love to just do it like you and you and Aaron were doing it, doing a Dying Light the other night, and just play the stream the original Red Dead one and just okay, hand, yeah. hand off, oh yeah, so we can get that that covered. But uh, so Brown, yeah. uh, so you know, animals have everyone has fight or flight instincts, yeah. Uh, brown bears are too heavy to climb trees and run away. Oh, makes so sense. Yeah, that makes so sense. So they don't have the flight right. option. Yeah, that makes total sense. Those big old fuzzy tanks. Yeah. They have apparently like their hip bones are almost double the size of like other bears. Yeah, they're they're big Massive. boys. Massive. Thick. Too too dummy thick. <laughs> the w- the you know, anything that went to challenge them would hear the clap of their ass cheeks as they ran away. Mm-hmm. So they just got to stay and fight it out. So, yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, more s- bear facts for you and you <laughs> know, more, oh, please. Mo- more Red Dead coverage. Yeah, just just bring some bear facts. Let's just fax us some bears. Bearfacts.com. <laughs> Never get sold a lemon bear again. I was actually on bearsmart.com. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you can uh you can go to bearsmart.com and learn more about bears and <laughs> after you're after you're done there, you can go over to twitch.tv/indycarnival. Uh Aaron's been streaming Dying Light 2 um Make Human or whatever the yeah, fuck something like that. Yeah, Staying Human. Um at at night, no one's been there. Some it's been, it's been fun. Go, uh, listen to some music, 
over on whatever streaming service that you like, even Spotify. Get some Fox Have Holes and some Be Good Elliot. And, of course, patreon.com slash carnival if you want to support us and all these things. Get your t-shirts on the Public And do all of that. And meet us back here next time. Same time, same place. Only probably not. Because... Although we've, that's two weeks that we've had the had the pod on Saturday, and I got it up on Monday. So who knows? Maybe we'll have the same time, same place next week. Or you know, that's why you why you follow and subscribe to the to the feed, so you know when it happens. Yeah. But thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. At Goodbye. some point. At some point. Yeah. It'll be in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. Um, do you ha- do you have anything uh, coming up that's like I know V Good's taking a little bit of a, uh, a tea break right on now. Oh, this is kind of cool. On March 29th at uh, the Johnson Bar, they're having uh, an acoustic showcase. Well, actually, every Tuesday. Uh, for the next couple months, mm-hmm. they're having a uh, an acoustic showcase. Um, there's going to be about three, or there's going to be three acts every night. Uh, I think from seven to ten, um, doing fifty minute sets of uh, original material. Neat. And um, yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. I think. Uh, uh, our buddy Cody Wagner is going to be playing the first one, I think, on the 17th. And, uh, no, wait, that doesn't make sense, time-wise. Whatever. Whatever that Tuesday is that right. of that of that uh, month is when it starts, and then I'm playing the 29th. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're in the, in the Paducah, Paducah area, area yeah. yeah, then then come hang, hang out with, with Nolan or Cody or whatever, and... Uh, Hope to see you there. If not, because, you know, you're not in Paducah, then we can't yeah. be too mad at you. A right. little bit, but we'll get over it. We forgive you. Bye. <laughs>